Um, the Knees Up Mother Brown West Ham podcast is sponsored by Bomb Better London. Get your reservations at bombetter.com. <laughs> bombetterlondon.com. Bombetterlondon.com. That was so bad that it might be memorable for people. There you go, bombetterlondon.com. <laughs> Amazing. Bombetterlondon.com. Yeah, it's delicious. That's all you need to know. You just just, just follow it like the, like the Bisto Gravy kids, just like when they follow their nose and you'll lead you straight to the restaurant for all your meat and cheese. Meat and cheese. Bombetterlondon.com. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Knees of the Brown West Ham podcast. It's series five. It's episode 11. Bianca's away this week. Joining us is semi-regular co-host Russ Williamson from Dave TV. Hello all. Yeah, you all right? I've been better. <laughs> and I think we all know why. <laughs> well, joining us here to make his debut, and it's rare to have a debut these days, given that it's uh, series five, but he is the man who set up Mirror Football, ex The Sun, ex Daily Mirror. It's Dan Silver, big on Twitter. Hello. Thank you for that introduction. Yeah, welcome. Cheers. How depressed are you, mate? Um, I'm really depressed because <laughs> I had to watch the game again knowing the result. So I, I didn't even get the lovely bit of suspense of will we hang on. I had to watch that second half knowing we were going to lose. So I'm really depressed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Rust, how depre- have you been as depressed as this? This is this is pretty low. This is This is up there, I think. I think this is one of their moments where... The optimism is being drained out of me by the minute, and I, I, yeah, I'm just. I know it's bad. I'm just yeah. I can't, words can't even describe it at the moment. Um, also, hate Tottenham so much. <laughs> um, bloody bastards! You know it's bad when James Longman, who's Mister Positive, left me a voicemail that was just 45 seconds of expletives on uh, after the game, and you you know that's like. That's the high watermark of you know terror as a West Ham fan that things are only going to get worse. So my uh, my son, who's 10 and a season ticket holder, was watching it at home. I was out. That's why I had to watch it again. I went to see the comedian Stuart Lee play at Leicester Square and he was on at seven. So I saw the first half at half time. Obviously, uh, it was it was 1-0. By the time Stuart went on, we were winning 2-1 and I turned off my phone at the intermission, turned my phone on and we'd lost 3-2 and I literally didn't know whether to laugh or cry and spent the second half of Stuart Lee set crying, so, <laughs> which was no good for anyone. But my son was watching it at home with my wife, he's 10 years old and uh, he said at the end, when we get relegated, I want to support Crystal Palace as my Premier League oh my team. God. I mean, Dan, that is that just, that is the worst story. I mean... Two it's things in that worse. when we get relegated. When we get relegated. And then Crystal Palace. If you're, if you're not going to support West Ham, at least support a good team. Why, why Crystal Palace? What's, what's the reasoning? We live in South East London, so, uh, and he wanted a small team. Is he just a fan of Eagles? <laughs> no. <laughs> he has no preference of bird life whatsoever. Oh, but, man. Uh, yeah, but this is a kid, and I hope the uh, the NSPCC aren't listening, but on the back of his shirt, he's got Zaza 11, oh, which was my fault, I'm afraid, as well. At, at what point did you purchase that, that shirt? At the day before Zaza's debut. Uh, so you, <laughs> that was the sales. You look at the sales of Zaza's shirts. <laughs> yeah. Which the I think peak. was peak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The peak was the day before he kicked yeah. a football for us. Um, well, we had a lot, of, a lot of comments to go into the feedback last week about um, what a fairly bleak episode said it was had an email in particular from matt abbey he said uh 
pay a, uh, pay it out, pard you in. You lot are effing mental. Bring back longers for some sensible chat. You three made me more depressed than the prospect of a Trump presidency. And then hashtag sky isn't falling in. Expat US based hammer uh, Matt Abbey there using a hashtag on an email. Do you think right. he's now revised that opinion having Trump <laughs> no, presidency? That yeah, that email did come in before the Spurs game. So also, also. Longers and sensible. <laughs> not, not, not two things you often hear. Longers and nonsense, yeah. maybe. I mean, the, I mean, this is just a stream of uh, negativity almost. But uh, Wildcard on the forum said, when the KMB podcast is somewhat critical of the club, you know it's serious. We also had uh, The Sheriff who said, Big George's podcast was a breath of fresh air. Finally, some balance. He knows the score and hit the nail on the head more than a few times of the board, their failings, and that shitty stadium. Had to laugh when Bianca <laughs> Westwood said the board would fear a fan's backlash. Only for George to put that straight. Well done all to for, for producing. I always enjoy the listen, even if I don't agree with a lot of the views. Lastly, we had a comment from Worcester WHU great podcast I'm a pro OS but to hear a balanced measured and articulate viewpoint about all the bad goings on made for excellent listening um, Dan before we get into the Spurs West Ham mm-hmm. game comments on the stadium um, how are you finding it? So I think I'm pretty much the reverse of everyone else and that I loved it and now I'm going off it so <laughs> which, is, which is really bizarre right but the first um, the first time we went um, for well the first time we went was uh the Domjali game and you know it was great we won 3-0 we came out we had some pizza there's a Domino's pizza truck I we like that sat in the little seats kind of looking up at the lights thought this is great it's like being in Europe you know um, that was a, as close as we got to Europe unfortunately but since then it, it's just you know the flaws are kind of revealing themselves um, you know I'm a middle aged man we're middle aged mates we take our kids to football I don't really want to sit in a bear pit or have a, a nice chat with my mates and let my kids be safe so I don't mind the, the kind of sitting miles back from the pitch we're very central we're about four rows from the back of the east end so we're practically in Romford um, but it's like watching the game on an IMAX screen you know it's kind of there in front of you it's a little bit detached and I'm not too not too fussed with that but the facilities which at the start I thought were great have kind of revealed themselves to be really really unfamily friendly the toilets I don't know who designed those toilets but it's like the crystal maze trying to get round the back to the extra truss and when you're trying to drag two kids in there it's terrible and they're fine for athletics when you know there aren't 40,000 people trying to go to the toilet at the same 10-minute period. So that's kind of getting on my nerves. Um, the extra segregation, uh, which obviously is great to stop people getting hurt, but it means I now can't go to Pudding Mill Lane after the game, which they introduced at Stoke. Uh, that's winding me up as well. It means I now I've got to drag two kids around Westfield. So I'm going off it. So I think by the end of the season, I'll be, uh, I'll be the one trying to knock it down. Well... If you fancy uh, adding a bleak comment to the hundreds you've already heard. I like, I like the idea of the toilets being like the crystal maze, though. Just like Richard O'Brien coming out the corner with playing the harmonica. I mean, as you go. I mean, the way things are going this season, I wouldn't mind being locked in. Yeah, yeah. Um, to get in touch with the show, here's how you can do so. Get in touch with the show. Email podcast at kumb.com. Get on the forum at kumb.com or follow your hosts, your lovely hosts on Twitter, beautiful people, lovely, one of your own. Bianca is at B E Westwood. Chris is at CJ Skull, and that's with a C, not a K, a C, because he's special. <laughs> Come on, you irons. Right, 
Spurs three, West Ham two. Never in my Mm. wildest dreams with four minutes to go did I think I would be introducing the match report with that comment. Dan, before we we put the pistol to our heads, um, great start. Right. Yeah. Surely we would. We were doing all right. We could. I mean, Russ and I watched it together. We couldn't believe. We thought, what we might win this. Yeah, it was like the battling West Ham of last season, which Mm -hmm. I think away from home we've seen for forty-five minutes. The second half against Man City, when I kind of optimistically tweeted, "We've got our West Ham back," and then they promptly disappeared again. But you know, there was fight, there was spirit, there was a game plan that was working, and. Tottenham looked really ordinary and yeah it, it looked like it was all going to be okay and then obviously it wasn't <laughs> thanks for listening do you want to put the Samaritans phone number just at the end of this one uh, Russ we watched it in Manchester do you want to set the scene there yeah so um, we we were out in Manchester that evening so we got there we arrived we in a lovely little apartment for the night so we, uh, we set up on the big screen we had it ready we had Damien came around, another friend of the show. Yeah, Damien Lazarus, big so, DJ. So we're all sat around, ready, excited. really getting excited, getting behind the game. And it, yeah, like you said, it looked like the West Ham of old, the battling West Ham, where you think, you know what, they're up for it, we're going to get something for it. But for me, this is where it really highlighted how bad our summer signings were, because the strength and depth there is just atrocious. We looked capable, we looked on top, and I thought, considering Noble wasn't playing, who normally you think he's the kind of guy that would be getting people up for this kind of game but we, we made those subs and then it was almost like that's it it almost yeah. let Spurs back in I mean I actually thought to be fair Zaza looked like he was doing okay and then once again he when, made that when, moment what bit was that? Well, to begin with he was running around he was holding up a little oh. bit but then he made that same thing he did a few weeks back where he was almost about to be played through and it's almost like he's just like I don't know what to do anymore he's, mm. he's just shot he just doesn't have a clue he, he seems so slow, Dan, doesn't he? Like, is what what has he got? What is his attributes that make him a striker? Well, he, he scored that great goal for Juventus in the friendly, which um, at the Olympic Stadium, which you know I think obviously sealed his deal. I think they were sitting watching that, going, you know, there's someone who can score at the Olympic Stadium. Um, apart from that, I don't really know. I mean, he's got a nice girlfriend. She's uh, <laughs> very active well, on that, social that was media. Part of the, uh, the, <laughs> we did spend a good <laughs> twenty minutes going through her Instagram. Yeah, our, ch- <laughs> our chat while watching this, the Spurs West Ham game was mainly about Zaza's girlfriend, and we had a good old stalk on our Instagram. <laughs> and I tell you what, she is far. She is like far better, far more attractive than he is good at football. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, but I think as are all of us. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, he's just he has no goal threat, and mm. I don't think he's had a, a, any ounce of goal threat since he signed for us. Yeah. And that's the worrying thing. Um, you know, obviously it's not unique among our strikers at the moment, but given the reputation and given the potential fees, you'd expect something a little bit more exciting slash dangerous in front of goal. You know, I think the first thing he ever did for us was that um, he did an overhead pass in the centre circle, if you remember, on his debut. And we were like, my God, you know, this man's a genius. And that was it. That was the high water moment of Zaza's (laughs) career, an overhead pass. Um, Positives, Antonio looked great. Scored 11 heading goals in the Premier League in 2016, more than twice than any other player in the league. He's also equaled the Premier League record for headed goals in a calendar year, 11 with Tim Cahill. I mean, Mikel Antonio, our strikers can't score, but he can. Yeah, he can. He, 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 I think he's been a revelation for us since, mm. he, since he arrived. I think he epitomises like the hard work, the dedication. Sometimes he is like a bit fumbly. You don't really know if he knows what he's doing. He's just like the raw attributes of strength, power, but... 
the way he threw himself at that header is almost like Ayu was about to go like, mm-hmm. I'm going to back away from this. And he was like, no, I'm flying in on this. And you yeah. could see he's up for it. He's pumped. But mm. just imagine what he'd be like played in position. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> imagine how good he'd be then. I know. It's just, if we could just get a strike, striking is so obviously our problem, isn't it? Yeah. So was it 18 games we've played, a striker hasn't scored mm-hmm. in that time. It's unbelievable. It's, it's laughable. I know. It's just, tragic. Yeah. Just to go back to Antonio, these are his comments after the game. I feel embarrassed because we know the importance of this game to the fans. We've done well, we've got the lead, they've come back, we've got the lead again and we've held out until the last seven minutes of the game. If we'd held on, we'd have got a good win for the team, moved up the table, moved on, but instead we made mistakes. We thought we'd won the game, but we switched off. That's all I can say. I mean, he cares, doesn't he? He does, and I really admire his honesty. I mean, the, the West Ham media department won't, but you know, it, most most media trained players will be. Well, you know, there's some positives to take from that, and it was a hard game, and Tottenham are a good side. And he's like, we're embarrassed, and they should be embarrassed because they should know what the fi- what that fixture means for the fans and the way they capitulated at the end. You know, seeing out that game with what four minutes to go, five minutes mm. to go, just see it out, your footballers. You know, mm. and they absolutely crumbled. And they should be embarrassed, and I'm glad he's come out and said it. 160 seconds, Russ. 160 seconds that ruined the weekend. What were your th- what were, first goal that went in? 88 minutes. Do you lay the blame at Randolph's game? Obviously, coming in for I, th- I think I, th- I think the thing with Randolph is he he didn't know where Harry Kane was, so he had to try and push that ball out. It was unfortunate; it just fell straight to Kane's feet, and it went in. So mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't can't really blame him for that. What I, the thing for me was the subs. When you when you look at, I mean, Sacco obviously he put in a, sh- a shift. You know, he's not, obviously not fit. So, he, but Zaza coming on for him that was one downfall. But the thing for me is why oh why oh why oh why did we bring on Nordvelt instead of Collins? You know, yeah. and that for me I did actually think. I know that this is a lot of people going to hate this comment, but when Big Sam was there, he would have brought on a Collins. He would have thrown on the extra defender put five at the back shore it up and I think Collins would have been that player that would have been a bit of a rock mm. but Nordville I mean what, what who is this guy <laughs> I mean like but generally have no idea how this guy has like, ended up yeah. with us no. and it, yeah. just, it just felt like if he if he wasn't on the pitch if we just played with ten men we probably would have probably would have got a game a goal yeah I mean funnily enough um, the commentary as I rewatched it again this afternoon uh, Glenn Hoddle praised that substitution to the hilt and was like that's exactly the right thing Slavon really? should be doing should be taking off Paya he should be bringing on a defender um, shoring up that left hand side or sorry the Tottenham left mm. the West Ham right it's like I mean that obviously says more about Glenn Hoddle than it does about those substitutions but <laughs> but I mean you're right why wasn't Collins brought on why take off Payet Payet was our only outlet at that yeah. point. Um, mm. I was talking to a, a mate of mine who supports Spurs today, and he couldn't believe Pyatt was the one that went off because Pyatt was the only one stretching them yeah. on the break. And he's, you, if you leave Pyatt up there, they're going to have to have two men back because yeah. you can't leave him one on one with someone. Yeah. But if you think back to last season, moments like that, we had Moses to bring on, yeah. and like what what a substitution uh, he would have been like. Mm-hmm. You know, someone with quick power Stretch knows them. what it's all about, and an incredible wing back. Who exactly, <laughs> I know, I know. It's just like you. I would rather have had sports. I mean, how many players we bought in? Six, seven. Mm. Ditch them all and just kept Moses. That would have been a better, stronger squad than what we've got now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God, I'm getting depressed. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Well, I mean, 
This, the stats are just so depressing. The defeat means West Ham have now let slip more points from leading positions than any other team in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Slavon Bilicsada remain the only team in the top flight not to have a goal scored by an out-and-out striker. Two points there, Dan, that make you want to slit your wrists. It is, and that and the uh, the losing points position from a winning position, I think, is is quite telling. I mean, it's eight, right? That's Watford, uh, Stoke, and this game, and you know. I think you have to look at the mentality of the players and the the mentality of the of the squad as a whole. I mean, the Watford game, Troy Deeney accused us of showboating and that inspired the Watford players, whether or not we weren't, you know, for us to give that impression, obviously something happened. The Stoke game, you had that m- moment of madness by Adrian. And then this game, you had the substitutions. They all kind of point to the setup of the team and the actions of the manager. And that's a really worrying trend. Mm. Do, do you think Adrian's days are numbered now? Well, I think it, it was weird that Slav came out and backed him after the Stoke game mm-hmm. and said, you know, it was just a mistake. And then a week and a <laughs> half later dropped him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was just a mistake. Yeah. And then went to Adrian, no, mate, you're out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it's been coming. You know, Adrian yeah. makes a mistake every other game. You know, yeah. the, he juggles the ball on his line. He, he comes out when he shouldn't. You know, he, he gets sent off trying to attack a corner. He's a he is an accident waiting to happen. Is he a better bet than Randolph? I don't know. I mean, I've mm. I've been pushing for Randolph to have a have a chance. Yeah. Um, and I think earlier this season said that at some point this season they will swap over and Randolph will become the number one. Mm. But you know, Randolph isn't. De Gea, let's be honest here, and mm. and who would you rather have in goal, Adriano Randolph? I don't know at this point in time. I mean, that save he made from Dyer was fantastic, but yeah. the mistake for the, the second goal was abysmal. Mm. So you, you do blame him for that mistake? I think so, yeah. You can't just palm it out. You know? I mean, yeah. he just pushed it across his goal. It's like he's got no idea what's behind him. Mm. You know, either if you're going to come, you've got to get that ball. Yeah, you've yeah. got to make that yours. And, you know, I wasn't too happy with the first goal either. Again, he, you know, Adrian would have, in his very theatrical style would have probably pushed that out of the ground where yeah. you know Randolph kind of palmed it back into the box yeah yeah positives I mean I didn't expect us to win but the performance I thought up if we just forget about that last four minutes it was good enough to mm. get some points in these tough these tough games mm. to get up down yeah. do, you, do you think you know stick with it are you not too disheartened by this well I think the thing for me is the mental effect of losing the game in that way you know if we'd have lost 2-0 then yeah people would have gone well we weren't expecting anything to be seeing the game out with you know that little amount of time to go and then to concede twice I, I worry for the, the effect it will have on some already brittly unconfident players and that's I think the long term damage that, that will happen so you know whether Slav can pick them up for the Man United game I've I doubt it to be honest seeing seeing what's happened so far this season but all the positives were kind of washed away in in five minutes of madness yeah because we we were talking towards the end of the game we were almost discussing do we think Noble would get straight back into that side I don't think he would the midfield looked looked really solid they looked really decent and it was almost like how could you justify Noble's occlusion and I'm one of Noble's biggest fans I, I, I really like him but it felt like, you know, we, we looked really strong. We looked really solid. That there was a right balance between wingers and midfielders. But it felt now that we've let that that slip, it feels like he's almost certain to come in now because yeah. being the club captain, it's like almost like his responsibility to fire them up yeah. against Man United. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I 
I personally would drop Noble and I would keep him on the bench. Um, mm-hmm. I think you know the way uh, Man United dropped Rooney weeks ago, yeah. and it kind of chance it was a he was captain. You know, he was a, a talismanic figure at the club. Uh, Mourinho had the balls to drop him, and you know it, it had the effect of kind of transforming the way they attacked for a while. And now he's having to kind of ease him back. But I think Noble needs a, a similar stint on the bench, and we need to see if we can play in a different way. You know, he's for all the qualities he brings and there hasn't been a huge amount of them this season he is very slow he is the place where counter-attacks go to die and when you've got Paya and Lanzini you know zipping the ball around then yeah. Noble gets it stops turns has a look around inevitably passes it backwards you know it's a, he stops the team playing in the way that we know they can and you know the counterbalance has always been his inspiring leadership qualities but we've seen none of that this season yeah, yeah. Um, I was going to try and end on the positive, but I can't think. Uh, do you want to attempt anything, Russ? Well, G- Ginger Collins will be back for the next game. Yeah, you know, that's, a, that's a positive. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> I look forward to those yeah. long balls yeah. launched from the edge of the area straight the out quarter, of play. Yeah. The quarterback, <laughs> yeah, back again. I mean, I I thought Danny Rose went down like a little bitch when when yeah. when, when that second yellow card. It was almost disgraceful, and mm. for me, that is part of the reason. I can't stand watching England anymore because mm-hmm. players like that doing that, you think you, you've just gone three two up, you know that you're clearly going to win the game, and then they just start play acting like that to get a player sent off, and it's yeah. just like, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that, that is my opinion <laughs> on, on Danny <laughs> Spurs scum. Right, <laughs> it's time now to talk about uh, well, Slavin Bilic. Obviously, he's come under a lot of pressure, um, and I looks up the stats right and the odds of him getting sacked and actually he's sixth favourite to get sacked behind Moyes Bob Bradley Walter Mazzarati uh, Alan Pardew Mike Phelan uh, so he's sixth favourite 12 to 1 to get sacked Billage. Dan is there any like do you think there's any chance of him getting sacked um, well, I mean, there's always a chance. I mean, I, it, it seems strange to be having this conversation about someone who last season got our record points total, mm. record goals scored, and, you know, less than what, three months later, we're talking about should we be sacking him? Um, and, you know, I don't want West Ham to be that kind of club that sacks managers at the first sign of trouble. Mm. And, you know, there was every sign that Sullivan and Gold aren't those kind of chairmen. You know, they they didn't sack Avram Grant <laughs> when they tried yeah. to but obviously they, they <laughs> balls it up but, but in the end they didn't and obviously we went down so maybe that's not the best example but you know they stuck with Allardyce um, you know when fans were rapidly calling for his head I don't think anyone's calling for Slav's head but there are clearly problems and it is now his challenge to turn this around and I think you know the next up till Christmas New Year is going to be a really testing period for him. And if he cannot turn it around, then I think questions are going to have to be asked. Do you still have faith in Slav, Russ? I do. I do have faith in him. Um, My worry is when you see teams like Sunderland picking up points, Mm -hmm. I think there's the real danger that you could get to being in amongst the mix come January and if we don't sign the right players, I think a team's down there, they could, or if they appoint like an Allardyce, there's going to be a couple of teams that, that promote, propel themselves out of that danger zone. Mm-hmm. And we could very easily find ourselves in there. And I think at the moment, we may be playing well at times, and but we're losing and we haven't got that cutting edge. But you see, Sunderland have got like Defoe. I mean, even even bloody Anitra B scored for them. At the, you know, that mm-hmm. that's the problem. I think 
if we are in and amongst it come December, I think there will be real questions asked, and I, I think we'll mm. see. Because I mean, this is the first time he's under pressure, and it seems he hasn't coped yet, which is a worry. And it is a worry, and you know you have to question his substitutions you have to question his tactics you know he's kind of stumbled on this three at the back formation mainly because we don't have a right fit right back in the mm. club and he's finally given up on the idea of turning Antonio into a right back but you know all through last season he was he he exhibits some quite questionable traits you know we we let in so many early goals and there were so many games where he got the tactics completely wrong at the start and he addressed them at half time which is great but mm. he should have been getting it wrong at the start so regularly yeah. and you know a lot of people criticised David Sullivan for you know insisting he had a relegation clause in Slav's contract and then you know not giving him a, a an improved contract till the end of the second season but that all looks like brilliant foresight now yeah. because you know if he'd have given him a massive contract in the summer and then, God forbid, we go down this season, people would be calling for his head. Mm. So, you know, I think Slav deserves time, but he needs to start turning it around. Yeah. yeah. That that point you made about January, Russ, like, when I think about the season we went down and have Grant, Robbie Keane and Wayne Bridge, like, if we get it wrong in January mm-hmm. and, yeah. and sign these a bunch of flops on top of the flops we've already signed, <laughs> good God. Yeah, that is that is the danger. Yeah. It, but it doesn't bear thinking about, does it? For me, the parallels are more with 2002-2003. You know, the, that season, it, it's almost going note for note. You know, we finished seventh the season before with a manager in his first season with Rhoda, same mm. with Bilic. Then it all started unravelling. Um, and there's, like, little kind of moments where you just look back on and think that'll be the moment where... No, I'm, I'm a firm believer, and this is... People think I'm mad, but the reason... One of the reasons we went down in 2002-2003... In the first home game of the season against Arsenal, we were two one up and we had a penalty. Yeah. Right? And and Canute. Thierry Henry mm-hmm. went over to Canute and whispered something in his ear, probably in French, and uh Canute missed, they equalised two all and the, the you could see the confidence drop out of that team. And that seemed to be the catalyst for a nightmare season. And there's been, you know, you could look back at the Chelsea game when Costa should have been sent off and wasn't and Mm. scored the winner. You know, there's just little moments where you just think if something had changed there, the butterfly effect, you know, we'd be in a completely different place. As it is, we're now so bereft of confidence, so bereft of ideas that it's it's looking like a big black hole. Um, However, 2007... Spurs, West Ham at Upton Park. Tevez scored that free kick, and then we lost in the most dramatic fashion. Mm-hmm. That was in March. It looks like we're definitely going down. And that actually, that defeat was the one that inspired us yeah. to stay yeah. up in an incredible run. Mm. True. So you're but back that's in really unlikely. to come yeah, yeah. in March. <laughs> so in a way, I'm glad we lost. Yeah. Because <laughs> now we're coming back. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about some other West Ham news. Aaron Cresswell made his debut for England. Uh, Dan, about time? That, uh, oh, yeah, absolutely about time. I think that's the worst substitute appearance since Nordvite. <laughs> <laughs> Coming on with two goals up and uh, <laughs> suddenly it's two all. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, you know, I'm, I'm made up for him. He's been brilliant since we signed him. Um, you know, and he's, he's absolutely deserved his chance and I, and I hope he stays. I mean, I, I'm kind of with you, Russ. I don't really give a monkeys about England. Um, what the national team does is of very little interest to me. <laughs> it never has been. I, I came to the same conclusion as you did back in 
you know, the end of the 90s when, you know, Paul Ince and Alan Shearer, and it's like, these are people I boo every <laughs> yeah. week, and I'm now suddenly meant to support yes. them, yeah, so yeah. I just find it find it hard to, to kind of square that off. But yeah, I made up for Cresswell, and, uh, you know, obviously it means a lot to him, so great. <laughs> <laughs> um, he came in for a lot of criticism, didn't he, on Twitter about his performance, he, he did, but yeah. you didn't seem to mind it. I Well, I, I switched off the game when it was 2-1 I think about the 90th minute I, th- I thought the game was all over so I stopped watching I mean I only started watching it in about the 60th minute anyway <laughs> but um, I I mean from what I saw of it he he touched the ball very few times when he did he either won a tackle or he played passable to someone else he, he was up the top there made a little bit of a run I, so I didn't see apparently he was for, to blame for the for the second goal because he was out I, I didn't watch the game at all so I've, so I've no that, idea that's why I think he came under cri- criticism but yeah. I mean End of the day, it's a friendly. Who gives a shit? Yeah. But I think if you're gonna if you're gonna base someone's performance in an England shirt on a cameo of eight minutes, then that's unjustifiable. You need to give him a start. Yeah. I don't know why he didn't just start him in a meaningless friendly. If you want to mm. really find out about a player, start him from the off because it gives you confidence, gives you time to grow into the game. You can really like you know assess them. But giving him two minutes and just playing the same old players they always play. Yeah, I just think, what's the point? Yeah, that's England in a nutshell. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's it's a new a new manager, but he's just picked the same old players. So, yeah, I mean, um, other West Ham news, and I, I'm I am very conscious this is just the the bleakest stream of news that we're pumping out here. But the East Stand getting demolished down. Have you seen the pictures? I have seen it? the pictures. I mean, yeah. you know it's coming, but what are your emotions seeing it happen? Um. It- <laughs> God, yeah, you know, I, I am now reaching for the razor blades. Um, <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's sad, you know, and uh, it, it kind of it, it stresses the finality of it all. That you know, we are never going back. And and going back to the the new stadium, one of the things that annoyed me is that uh, you know, certainly at the start, there seemed to be a lot of West Ham fans who who did try and make the move as difficult as possible, as though somehow if we kicked up enough of a fuss, we'd go back. And <laughs> yeah. it's like, it's not going to happen. They're knocking it down. And, uh, you know, it, it, it feels like our memories are kind of going with it, you know? But this is the new era. So I think it's unhealthy to look back and to be obsessed. And I think Ian Dow said something similar a couple of weeks ago, that, you know, we should be looking forward. But at the same time, you know, you've got to shed a tear for the old place, right? yeah. It's funny, Russ, because the the pictures like the, the East Stand's the first one to go, and it appeared and the lowest stand of the East Stand's the first stand to go, mm. and it looks like our seats were the first part of the stadium to be <laughs> smashed to pieces. Yeah, did that fill you with a little bit of pride? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was no. it nice? No, 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 no it's still <laughs> dread and pain. Yeah, it's, I, 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 to be honest, I couldn't look at the pictures. I mean, I, 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 I've seen them. I've just seen, like obviously someone sent them around on the WhatsApp chat. So I've seen the little the little icon, but I was like, I can't zoom. It's like a it. snuff movie. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah I don't want to look at it. It's it's just too painful. I know. It's, it's so strange. I, I had season tickets in three out of the four stands, and the East Stand was the one that I never had a season ticket in. So I don't care. <laughs> no, 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 no Come back to attached. me when I get yeah, down yeah. to the Bobby Moore line. Yeah. It's hard. That East Stand was the first stand I sat in, and the last. But East Stand is always very special. Yeah. Special memories for me. 
it's weird it's weird it's so strange seeing like the roof is all cut up and like jaggedy and like the seats removed and also like because they've not the lower tier you can kind of stare through from the pitch and see the concourse where we used to stand and have a miserable lukewarm tea you know <laughs> you used to eat one of them questionable burgers uh, those horrible burgers you'd ask those... someone for a cup of tea they wouldn't know what the hell you meant <laughs> just stare at me blankly <laughs> yeah. all those times I stood there no uh, popcorn or no, anything yeah, yeah no yeah. back in the good old days and a, and a hot dog yeah. a little cardboard that used to say it's all about the taste when it wasn't when it wasn't bad bad times actually I'm really glad that, uh... <laughs> although you used to be able to go back there and actually watch the match at half time on the little screen no, that's stay there while you finish well, your point yeah it actually felt like a football stadium strangely that is annoying <laughs> Dan, do you, if, if, like um, when you, I'm really you, glad I came here yeah, sorry, yeah. usually it's therapy but yeah. I don't think it's helping in a little while we turn on the gas and we'll real dying here so don't worry um, Dan will you ever go back there do you think are you tempted to go back to see some of the demolition or do you just want to join in the sledgehammer because <laughs> yeah. it's, really it's 10 old girl it's 10 pound a day yeah. <laughs> Karen Brady in a high visit um, I I don't think so. I'm not planning to. I mean, I, I went back to uh, pick up my seat. Um, so you know, I I signed up for that ridiculous <laughs> scheme of buying your seat. Um, it was my son's first season ticket, so I wanted his seat as well. They're now sat in boxes somewhere. I don't know where they are, <laughs> but, but I'm, I'm glad I've got them. They could have cleaned them first, mine for fifty quid. But you know, um, and it was already it already felt like a a kind of ghost town there you know it's like a, a haunted house full of bad mm. bad and good memories so um i don't really feel the need to go back i don't want to go and pay my respects one last time you know i've done that so no mm. i don't think i will yeah I, d- I think i'm gonna avoid not that i have any reason to go back there russ but i, I mean would you are you tempted at all to go back and have a look one last look uh, uh, what though what am i what am i just looking the guy, at just, just, just the guy smashing <laughs> <bitch, laughs> <laughs> <laughs> no, for me, I mean, it already started to feel real. I mean, you you posted that picture on Twitter the other day of that of the laundrette on the corner, which mm. was which was one of my favourites. You always had the little clock that said, "Don't kill your wife, let us do it for you," and that that already went before before we our final game. Yeah. So for me, it was already falling apart that place before the one pound fish man. He's gone. <laughs> he's gone. Yeah, no. deported apparently. Good. Yeah. <laughs> wow, going right wing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Brexit, yeah, Brexit Trump, and now yeah. the KMB podcast. <laughs> <laughs> one after the other. Um, well, it's time for relegation watch, and we've got a new jingle. Relegation watch. That's nice. quite good. Who did the singing? Mark Jungman. Jungmann uh, from Germany yeah. he makes jingles for a living and he listens to the podcast and he clearly uh, <laughs> very uh, kindly contributed this this well, one that you've just heard royalty free I hope yeah, yeah well I don't know actually you didn't mention that so <laughs> this could be the end um, Dan yes. are we getting relegated um, there's every chance yeah fucking uh, hell <laughs> <laughs> you've been here too long haven't you <laughs> yeah, we're, we're a third of the way through the season now we've got 11 points you know that is mm. relegation form um, it's hard to see how we're going to win games it's hard to see where goals are coming from all those things point to the possibility of relegation yeah it's bad isn't it it's really bad and you know I think it, if you don't think we have a good chance of getting relegated you're Massively in denial and unaware of West Ham history. This is what happens at West Ham <laughs> when things, it's the trend. yeah, when things look like they're going right, they go horribly wrong. 
What about though when the Qatari owners come over and take over us? Would you be up for that, Dan? You up for the Qataris? I don't know. Have you heard the report this week? Um, no. Well, go on. Rumours are is Qataris uh, want to buy an English club, and West Ham oh, is the yeah. front runner. Yeah. If you're going to do that, here's my little conspiracy theory based on no evidence whatsoever. Love if it. you're going to buy West Ham, do it before January, right? So that they can do a Man City. Get a do a Robinho style deal, mm-hmm. have, have throw money at West Ham so that we are safely in the Premier League to help mm-hmm. their investment. Would you be up for that, Dan? Yes. Are you gonna, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Thanks very much for joining us. One hundred. Where do I sign up? Is there, is there a petition? Where? Well, um, Ricky Hatton. He really doesn't like the fact that Man City got bought out. He liked the kind of relegation battle and the struggles and he doesn't like the new kind of polished yeah, experience that guy's been hit in the head a lot, a lot of times <laughs> yeah. you know I don't, I don't know if he's the soundest mind to later <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't take his views on anything else here, yeah. so um, um, look yeah I, you know, I like the idea of real football and I like the idea of grim struggle and yo-yoing and everything else as much as the next person but I also like the idea of lots of money and success I'm, you know this is this is the world we live in and to deny yourself that level of competitiveness on some sort of sentimental streak I think if we'd have been at Upton Park then yeah you might have been able mm, to make a case great. for it but you know we've sold our soul down the river six months ago so why not go the whole hog I think I like to think if we had the Qatar takeover they would sort the stadium out they yeah. would just pump. What they the, do? They, well, they pump the money into make the retractable yeah. seating decent, the, like a higher quality. They would probably just go to their LDC. We will pay for it all to make it good. Mm. We'd still have to have the athletics or something, or maybe they'll build an athletics track that can just be like brought in by helicopter for games. <laughs> you know, they'd have so much money. Yeah. They'd give us one of the World Cups. Yeah, they'd, they'd, they'd fly. Oh, yeah. They'd fly <laughs> everyone fly, Qatar yeah. for the Olympics, so we wouldn't have to be in that stadium. God, it would be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would be like Man City and us. For years, we were similar clubs. Yes. It could happen. It could happen yeah. to us, but it won't. No way. It Don't could. Think. That is that is the worst. Well, we'll get it the sole Qatari Arab owner who's going to go out of business yeah. in two yeah. weeks because you know because biscuit fortune. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's wait and see. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, oh, Russ, are we getting relegated? How do you feel? Oh God. Um, Give me a percentage. If you'd asked me two games ago, I would have probably said there's a 20% chance we're getting relegated. I'm probably now etching towards the 33, 40% mm. chances. God. I, the, the striker thing is what worries me. Yeah. And I just don't see where anyone is going to score a goal from. So I feel like until January, we are looking to scrape results, relying mm. on Antonio... Payet to chip in. I mean, like that, that's the, the other worrying thing is the likes of Payet, etc., are not scoring as many goals this season. Lanzini's only got what two two penalties. I don't know if he's and, he's and a goal against. Oh, only got one one open play. Those guys are scoring for fun last season. So I don't see where the goals are coming from. And I think if we don't address that in January, then I I can see us going down. It's like playing Sacco, clearly unfit on Saturday. Yeah. How desperate a move was that yeah. by Billich, you know? And, and the West Ham social media t- tweeting a picture of his shirt. It's like, oh. oh, look who's back. It's like, we're trying to get rid of him three I know, months ago. If that was so 
ironic. The way they were lauding him as like the return of the Messiah. Mate, I'll take whatever we can get right yeah. now. Valencia. If they'd have said Dowie, yeah. <laughs> so I would have been like, thank God, someone else. Would you recall Wellington Valencia Paul back? Easter back. Um, <laughs> no, I don't think there's any point. <laughs> Things are not that bad yet. <laughs> to have him kind of wander around ineffectually up front. We've got plenty of people that can do that, you know. Yeah. <sighs> It's just, I mean, the the striker situation is thoroughly depressing. I had such high hopes for Kajeri. Mm. I really thought we were getting the next Aguero. And, you know, we, clearly we haven't. But, again, I think if he'd have scored that chance he had against Bournemouth, yeah. if he'd have tucked that away, I think it would have been a completely different season. Mm. And I think his confidence would have been through the roof. And, you know, he might have had two or three goals by now. Yeah. Instead... Yeah. You know, it, it didn't happen and it's again it's those little moments that really set the tone for a whole season and that was his moment yeah well um, in happier news obviously we've been trying to hunt down Christian Daly for some time he keeps ignoring all our texts and emails however we had an, uh, a, a tweet I've got his phone number if you want. Yeah, yeah so have I but nothing okay. <laughs> he just, I even get red receipts off him so I know like it's embarrassing um, but we had a, I got contacted on Twitter by a guy called James Redding. He said, possible new feature alongside Christian Daly, and I really like the sound of this. What the hell happened to Danny Williamson? I read he was at Ardley Green University. So this is the brand new feature we're launching right now, Dan. Okay. Where is Danny Williamson? Can, can we just find him? Can we track it down? Anyone seen him? Dan, do you have any theories about where he might be? No. <laughs> <laughs> any favourite Danny Williamson memory? No. <laughs> the goal against Bolton. He, he scored that goal. Yeah, we run Bolton. the whole entire length of the pitch. And Unbelievable did the, uh, the baby, scenes. The baby cradle celebration yeah. afterwards. Danny Williamson. Then we, sold, we sold him to Everton, didn't we, for like yeah, six million. Yeah, we did, and he disappeared. He pens, pens, is he an Everton fan? Let's ask this. Um, no, yeah, Danny Williamson is one of those players that just doesn't stick in my memory at all. <laughs> um, you know, I've been watching West Ham for what, 36 years, and in the in the big mush of West Ham players, Danny Williamson barely made, <laughs> barely made a dent, I'm afraid. Because so, of Williamson's surname, he... He stuck out for me because I was like, "Oh, it's almost, it's almost like a family member playing for him." I and then when his we, first name. That, then then we helped. sold him yeah. to Everton, and we've got friends of family who, ironically, also surname is Williamson, and so they were like over the moon when they signed him. So that I, he, he sticks out for me, but yeah, probably not for any footballing reasons whatsoever. Any theory on where he might be? Dead. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, I reckon he might own a pub. <laughs> <laughs> if you know the whereabouts of Danny Williamson, if you've seen him, if you've seen someone who looks like him, if you know someone who once said they'd heard a rumour about Danny Williamson, anything you've got, podcast at kumb.com. Let's he, see has if he we tried can track Google. Has he Googled Danny I Williamson? haven't even bothered. <laughs> 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 if you're listening to this at a computer, just Google it. Maybe this guy, Tell me what you find. Maybe this guy's like a loan shark and Danny Williamson owns him. <laughs> yeah, right. He's just getting a, he's going to house yeah. to help him track him down. Don't approach Danny Williamson. He's armed. Have a check whether James Redding works with the police. <laughs> Can't confirm. But podcast at kumb.com. Let's try and find Danny Williamson. Right, before we end, Predictions. We've got United away twice in a week in the League Cup and the League. Uh, Dan, not a happy hunting ground in recent years. No. Um, I think we will probably lose them both. Um, I think we'll lose in the League uh, probably to a disputed goal. Um, slightly offside, penalty, one of those. Um, I think we might get a draw in the League Cup, actually. I'd hate that. Yeah. The worst points? possible. I'd like, if we win in the League Cup and lose in the league, I'll be 
beside myself. I know some people say, oh, you know, winning the League Cup is a big chance to win the League, but I just give me the points now. I don't want to be Rotherham away next year. No, thank you. No, I don't want the championship. I don't want to be watching Manish Bashin introduce <laughs> clips of West Ham playing league football. No, thank you. Give me the points. Mm. Yeah. I See, I'd, I'd take a, a League Cup win and relegation. Oh, God. God. Really? Yeah, the Avran Grant era. It absolutely is. I, I, I wrote at the time for the, for the Mirror that, um, you know, it's very simple being a West Ham fan. All you've got to do is beat Tottenham and have a good cup run. Avran Grant did that. And, mm-hmm. then, uh, <laughs> and that proved to be not that simple, actually. You have to stay up as well. But, you know, a League Cup final and a winning League Cup you know, that's, that's what dreams are made of. You know? <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's that's what will bring the next generation through, not kind of rattling around a big old stadium watching Neil Nils against Stoke. Oh. One always against Stoke. Wow. Russ, thoughts? Yeah. I, with Winston Reid being, I presume he's suspended for the for the, for the league game. Yeah. I, I struggle us stopping them scoring. I mean, mm. I think G- Ginger Collins will probably have a, a good old ding dong with Ibrahimovic. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be good, good to watch. Um, but as crap as they are, I just can't see a scoring. Um, but like you say, I, I think if they, if they if they play a slightly weakened team in the League Cup, which I reckon they will, then we, we yeah. may get, we may get a draw, we may get a result. But yeah. which way round is it? We play them in the League first, then the League, league Cup. League yeah. first, and then in the League Cup on I mean, Tuesday. That, that might be that might be all right. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if they'll bother going home. They've already said they have because they. They, they said they, it was almost like a promotion for Virgin Trains. They said they quite they quite enjoyed the train journey, so they said they'd rather they'd rather go back and like recoup um, in the comfort of their own homes. And we quite like the train journey. <laughs> there you go. Kind of Jeremy Corbyn style. Yeah. Yeah. Sit, sit on the floor. Yeah. 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 Well, there's one other positive news. Uh, Domingus Quinner. 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 I don't know how you sign a Quinoa. 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 Lovely in your salad. He signed a new contract today. First professional contract. So. Well, there you go. Dan, do you think it'll be good in the championship? Thing? <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got to think. Reese Oxford, Quinoa, um, Fernandez. You know, we've got a decent championship team. Yeah. Once we clear out all the uh, expensive players, yeah. Yeah. Fingers crossed. <laughs> um, well, actually, it hasn't been too bleak. With, you know, a lot of bleak news, but I like things. Like we've got Queeners. So we've yeah. got all good. Dan, thank you very much for joining us. Thank You're you on for Twitter. Having me. Big hit. Uh, yes, thank you. Dan Silver underscore. There you go, for all your Dan Silver needs. <laughs> yeah. Russ, you're on Twitter? Yep, Russ Willie. There you go. For none of your Twitter needs. <laughs> if you just, just want some nonsense, <laughs> yeah. go, go somewhere else. Come his way. <laughs> um, right, well, I guess we'll speak to you after the United games. Fingers crossed. But in the meantime, come on, come your on The Leeds of the Brown West Ham podcast is sponsored by BombettaLondon.com. You can make a reservation by going to BombettaLondon.com. Why not go there before the Arsenal game, which kicks off at 5.30 in a bit? That might be a nice way to spend your Saturday afternoon. Certainly better than watching West Ham. (laughs) BombettaLondon.com.